morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. That sounds pretty good. All right. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to try to wrap this up, and uh, you pray with me. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, so with that, let's turn to the, uh, I believe it's the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 15. As we have been talking about the craft, and uh, of course we do not uh, teach these lessons so that you can go out and be personal witch hunters. Uh, We need to recognize the voodoo that you do. Amen? And uh, the fact that we operate in a witchcraft nation, um, getting more and more aware of that because we're getting um, equipped to stand in these last days. Amen? Because, you know, if we would look at the 60s, how are you? If we would look at the 60s and, and the 50s and 60s, majority of the church would say that the world was going into secularism. How I many understand secularism? It was understanding secularism. And, uh, and so you would see that, uh, you know, secularism uh, was something that was prominent, you know, in our education culture and in our world culture. But now, uh, you know, these 40 to 50 years later, we are going into what is known as religious pluralism. Now, what does that mean? That means that there are more religions than you could care to count. And uh, each one of them in this uh, culture that we call the United States of America wants to be recognized, wants to be recognized, venerated, appreciated, and uh, not just tolerated, but they want to force it you know, on uh, ideas and culture. So, so we need to be aware that we are in uh, a nation that is heavily influenced and has its foundations in witchcraft. And, uh, you know, witchcraft isn't just something we talk about at Halloween. Witchcraft is the, it is basically the religion of fallen man in its various forms, whether it's the metaphysical religions whether it's, uh, you know, Buddhism or Hinduism or anything of that nature, that is a form of witchcraft. Witchcraft is basically trying, here's the best example of uh, the best definition of witchcraft. Witchcraft is fallen man imitating God. Let me say that again. Witchcraft is fallen man imitating God. So the whole goal of witchcraft is to cause my will to be the supreme will of my home, my business, my social networking, you know, everywhere that I find myself, I want to be in control. Because at the fall, mankind got, three, got a wish list, okay? The wish list is, number one, be God, Number two, control, let me read my notes here, control, purpose, and meaning. We want to control purpose and meaning in everything. Hello, you're fixing to go into the holidays. How many mothers would like to control the purpose and meaning of the holiday gathering? How many of it works out? Come on now, you know, you get into holidays and you think it's going to be like this and everybody's going to be singing songs by the fire and, 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 and it ends, come on, it ends up being a fight. Come on now, somebody gets mad, storms out, you know, the kids don't like their gifts. This is, you know, we want to control that, don't we? Hello. Our party needs to have all the people to it, you know. We need everybody revolving around us because, after all, we're the most important. And that's really what fallen man believes. You see, he believed, uh, mankind believed the lie that they shall be God. They shall be God. And through secret knowledge can avoid death. That's what the promise was. He said, you won't die. 
because I'm going to give you some knowledge. I'm going to slap some knowledge on you that's going to supersede what God told you. That's really what the lie was. Okay? And uh, understand this, that it's a big lie. Amen? The soul that sinneth, what? It shall die. It caused mankind to be in the law of sin and death. But notice in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 15, and uh, let's start with verse number 23. This is after Saul decided to take matters in his own hands and not listen to the word of God, not listen to the prophet of the Lord, and disobey God in regards to the Amalekites. And we've studied Amalek uh, in our spirit aware. And we know that God deals with Amalek. He has a personal grudge against Amalek. And Amalek is one of the first enemies of Israel. They attacked Israel after they got out of Egyptian bondage and were on their way to the promised land. Amalek attacked them from behind and attacked the elderly and the children. And God said, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. I'm going to take them out. I have a war against Amalek. Well, guess what? The minute they got a king, God says, go take care of Amalek. The first responsibility of the king of Israel, go take care of Amalek. Wipe him out. Okay? So they get over and they do it. Well, well, Saul gets this idea that he is going to do exactly what it is. He's going to save the cattle. He's going to save, you know, uh, the sheep. He's going to save all these things and sacrifice them to God. There's a lot of people that won't do what God asks them to do, but they'll... <clears throat> try to accommodate in another area. Well, God, I won't serve in children's class, but I'll tithe. Oh, come on now. I won't, I won't, you know, go on the mission field, but, you know, I'll make money and give to the mission field. And sometimes we think we can balance things out, and it doesn't necessarily work that way. Which, that's witchcraft, basically. You're negotiating and... You're basically saying, my will is superior to God's will. What was the major battle Jesus had in the garden? What was the major battle Jesus had in the garden? It's a battle of will. It's a battle of will. He said, if you can take this cup from me, do it. If there's any other way. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Amen? Jesus said, I came not to do my own will, mine own will, but the will of him who sent me. So it's a battle of will. And the witchcraft is about will. It's about the, the ability to, to choose our course, our purpose, our meaning, our function over God's original design for us and our purpose and meaning. Now, I like my Batman cup, but if I was going to have to drive 50 nails in a wall with this, I'm in trouble because you know what what's going to happen to this cup if I begin to use it like a hammer it's going to be totally in disrepair and probably be unsalvageable well a lot of people live their lives that way a lot of people live their lives they're hammers and they want to be a screwdriver hello come on now see it's not Disney Jesus, which says you can be anything you want. That is not true. You can be everything that God said you could be. You can be everything that God said you can be. You don't, you know, and that's the reason why we've got these ideas of, you know, transgender issues and things of that nature and wanting to be this and wanting to be that. And I will make myself, and that's exactly what Lucifer said in Isaiah 14. He said, I will make myself to become like the most high he said i'll make myself god and that's really what got put into the human race is that we try to be god and so saul is exercising his will against the will of the lord and that's witchcraft guys it's just as simple as that okay now notice what the prophet says he says for rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft and presumption is an, as iniquity and idolatry. The word presumption just simply means stubbornness. And so here we have rebellion and stubbornness. Two aspects of pride that was breathed into humanity that cause us to act upon our own will and to, and to enthrone our own ideas about life. 
Hello. Stubborn people, they don't want your information. They don't want your counsel. They don't want your correction. They believe their way is the right way. Have you ever been around someone that says, my way or the highway? How many of you don't know that one? There's a lot of people that live that way. And so they don't entertain anything new. They don't entertain anyone's ideas or anybody's, you know, uh, revelation or what, you know, the way they see life. This is the way I am. This is just, this is just the way I am. Well, that's sad. That's sad. That's absolutely sad because you should be changing. You should be changing, but you just shouldn't be changing. You should be changing into the glory of God. See, that's the whole thing. You need to be changing into the image of Jesus Christ. And that requires, you know, you to morph and to change and, and allow the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to transform your life. Amen? And so when we are rebellious, we're operating in witchcraft. When we rebel against our parents, that's a rough thing. To, you know, people don't understand that. When we rebel against our parents, we're operating in witchcraft. When I rebel against my boss... Mm. Well, you know what? They don't treat me right. They don't pay me enough to deal with this stuff. And to, well, see, you don't work for him. As a believer, you work for the Lord. Amen. Come on now. You don't work for him. You don't work for them. You work for the Lord. Amen? And, and so you need to understand that. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I hate cops. I hate, come on, there's, there's a lot of people hate cops. Okay, um, you know I had a problem with cops for years. I had a cop harass me, um, you know, in Sand Springs. I'll just call it out in Sand Springs, America. I had a cop that harassed me. You know, I was in a, a situation in which I, I just couldn't. You know, I, I didn't have nothing. I mean, we put our groceries in layaway. I mean, it was bad. And uh, um, you know. He knew I had a situation. I explained it to him. He, he stopped me anyway, harassed me. And uh, I'm telling you what, and I was born again, and I was mad. And I'm telling you, anytime a cop comes in, my little, I get a little furrowed. Come on. And uh, that's rebellion. That's rebellion. He had every right to stop me. If I was violating the law, he had every right to stop me. Now, there's abuses in these things. I understand that. Don't get it wrong. I did feel like I was being picked on and abused, and I have no idea what other people have had to go through. But I'm here to tell you, friends, disdain for authority is rebellion. And it's something that our culture teaches our kids from day one, rebel against authority. That's the reason why there's no order in the classroom. That's why there's no order in home. That's why there's no order in the United States of America. We don't have order in our government. And it's because if a, if a nation is founded on rebellion, witchcraft is going to be the norm. Okay? All right? So we, we begin to look at that. All right? Is that okay? We all right? So being stubborn and wanting your own way is a form of witchcraft. It says, my way is the best. I don't care what God says. I don't care what His Word says. Are you awake out there? Yes. Is this hitting home? It should. And the reason why people aren't getting healed, getting set free, not seeing financial blessing in their life is because they're practicing the craft. <coughs> they are practicers of the craft, and they lift their hands on Sunday and praise Jesus and then go on Monday and practice the craft. They use manipulation. They use uh, intimidation to dominate people. Hello. I'm going to use my intellect. I'm going to use my socioeconomic status. I'm going to use my education. I'm going to use all this as a means of getting ahead. And that's really what the witchcraft nation is about, is i got to get ahead any way that I can, and I'm going to do it through manipulation. And that's the reason why uh, some people dress the way they dress. That's the why they act the way they act. Hello? It's to get an advantage, to get an edge, okay? So I'm going to tie up some, some loose ends here um, and, and understand that you know, we talked about the seal of the United States. 
And we showed you that there is a hidden agenda within that seal that was basically uh, pre-orchestrated and, and predestined by, you know, three of our main uh, founding fathers that uh, commissioned that seal. That seal was put on the dollar bill, of course, in the 40s, but um, it, was, it, was, it was made many, many years before that. And it shows a secret agenda or a secret meaning behind America. Uh, many times we think that the freedom of religion is so that Christians could be free from persecution. Nothing could be further from the truth. The freedom of religion is so that America could become a religious melting pot. It's, it's meant to bring in all of the religions of the East and around the world to one place. It's basically America is where the Tower of Babel is being built again. Okay? And that's the whole occult meaning, the occult reason for it. Because you have two streams that created the United States of America. You have the pilgrims. And then you have Jamestown. You have the secret societies that use that as an inroad in to bring in all their ideas. And they knew that, um, well, you know, I'm going to say some things that might be hard for you to hear. Because everybody, America, America, you know, and, and, and I'm patriotic and I'm not saying that I'm not. I love this nation, okay? I believe it's the greatest nation in this fallen world. But it is not God's best. God doesn't operate in de democratic principles. He doesn't operate in that. Democracy was basically an idea that was constructed within the secret societies in other cultures in the, uh, in the uh, East. Because most countries were r ruled by monarchies and and. Um, you know, despots and, and people like that, the, the, they weren't able to express themselves as freely as they want. Because if the king deemed what they were talking about are, um, you know, uh, trying to bring, you know, into manifestation, if, it, if the king deemed it evil, they were persecuted, they were killed, they were imprisoned. So they knew that if a new nation was going to be birthed, that it had to have freedom of religion because other countries don't have freedom of religion. And it's not, notice it does not say, and your constitution never gives any uh, illumination to Jesus Christ at all. It talks about the God of nature. It says nature's God. Okay, so understand that. He, they're not talking about Yahweh. They were deist. Forty-four out of the 50-some-odd-plus signers of the Declaration of Independence were Freemasons. They were deists that were educated by these occult groups to create what Francis Bacon called the New Atlantis. And the new Atlantis is what is happening in the United States of America, which is the resurgence of the Tower of Babel and the, the, the vision of Nimrod. Okay? And that's the reason why you have all this tolerance for all the other religions of the world. You can believe, you know, in anything you want to and be protected in here except for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and embrace the gospel message and embrace the Bible as the liter literal word, from, uh, word of God, you are mocked and ridiculed. But then you can believe in hail-bop. You can believe, you know, in, uh, you know, ancient alien uh, gospel, you can believe in all this weird stuff. Evolution itself is a religion. It is a cult. It would take more belief to believe in that than to believe in the Bible. But yet that's protected, and there's a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen, because the, the Tower of Babel was the first uh, expression of the Antichrist spirit in the world. By creating the Tower of Babel, they wanted to create a nation, 
a group of people that would live their lives irrespective of Yahweh, their creator, and create their own witchcraft nation. Okay? A little hard, hard to take, but it's all right. Okay, so I want us to look over... Oh, there's so many places we need to go. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 1. It says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's really all that matters, guys. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now notice this. Notice that he draws a, a distinct contrast between the wisdom teachers of the day that were teaching other things and the gospel. He says that the gospel doesn't just come with plausible words of man's wisdom, but it is the demonstration. See, the gospel should always be demonstrated. That's where we've missed it in the church. The gospel is to be demonstrated. It's not just supposed to be talked about, conversed about, and debated on. It's to be demonstrated. Okay? So that's a key as to why the church is so powerless in this age today. It's because we went the way of the wisdom teachers. We've been conforming ourselves to that. And I, I'm a fan of apologetics. I believe apologetics is something that we need. We need more understanding. We need people to grow in their understanding of God. But I'm here to tell you, the gospel is to be demonstrated. Amen? It's to be demonstrated. So a lot of the silver tongue oratory that we hear today and all the intellectual brouhaha that we have here today is really a deception. That's hard to take because we like intellectualism. Because why? We like to feel that we're something. And so when someone talks a certain way, we take it in because we say, after all, they've got a Ph.D. and they've got this and they've got this in their name and they've wrote this and they've done this. And See, we, we kind of, we, we do exactly what God doesn't do. We look on the outward appearance. And there's a lot of people that can say some nasty things in a beautiful way. Amen. The devil can do that. Now, notice that, okay? So, notice he says, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So, so that's what the gospel should be about, is demonstration and power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men. See, a lot of times when preaching comes forth and there's no power and there's no demonstration, then you start looking to the man. You start looking to the man. You know, I remember listening to a, a guy who, who is now, you know, teaches false teaching. But at the time, he was kind of on the edge. You know, I'd heard things, but I couldn't find anything. I watched his video, and this guy was so good. I'm telling you, he was so good at communicating and teaching that I wanted to quit. I just wanted to quit. I said, I told Karen, I said, I'm done. I'm not, I can't do this. This, this guy, he, he has cornered the market. I mean, he was, he, he was just incredible, an incredible communicator, okay? And I was just like, there's no way I can compare or compete with this guy at all. I just need to shut it down, need to close shop, you know, go on vacation or something. This guy's just too good. But come to find out that he was steeped in false doctrine. He actually wrote a book that said there is no hell. Okay? Now, he could... I've read his book called Erasing Hell. And uh, uh, what, what it's called Love Wins. I'm sorry. Love Wins. And it was Rob, Rob Bell, I believe his name was. Rob Bell. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I read all of his books. Okay? And, uh, you know, I couldn't find any outward thing that, that saw it. But then it just started creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. But when I saw this guy live, 
There was just a magnet. There was just an anointing, but it wasn't the Lord's anointing. Hello. And I'm telling you what, I've just, I just absolutely wanted to quit. The guy was just good. But he had plausible words of man's wisdom. And there's whole segments of the body of Christ. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, when you get over into, you know, some of the, um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say what, what it is, okay? But you get over into some of the more of the, golly, how can I say this? You get where there's more articulation than there is demonstration. People tend to get an appetite for that, and they lose their appetite for the supernatural. Okay? So, you know, even Thomas Jefferson, who we count as our, one of our founding fathers, you know, he was not a believer in Jesus Christ. He called the Bible an absolute farce. In fact, he went through and cut things out of it and made his own Jeffersonian Bible. He took out everything supernatural, took out the entire book of Revelation. Who, how dare? Doesn't the Bible warn against that? Doesn't the Bible warn against that stuff? But yet he did that, and of course he's, you know, come on, hello. And you wonder why slavery was permitted. Because I'm telling you, if it was founded upon the principle of Jesus Christ, there'd been no slaves. See, we've set these people up like there's some, like they're, and there are Christians today that put the Constitution up there with holy writ, and I do not put that up there. It is an occultic document. Now, you know, listen, uh, it gives me the freedoms that I walk in, so I'm going to be, I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to walk in what I can. Amen? Come on now. I still believe we're in the greatest nation that there is on planet Earth. But make no bones about it. It was created with the foundation of occultism. And the reason why we're so surprised and shocked at all this stuff that's been going on for years and years and years and years and years, and the church is like, oh my gosh, what is this? And we're so unprepared, is, is because it's been going on forever. We've just been asleep. We've been asleep. Uh, I'm reminded of, uh, well, let me finish this point, okay? All right. I tell you what, the Lord, he gives me unction. And, okay, yet among the mature, notice verse uh, 6, I believe. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Now, the word mature there is a very interesting word in the Greek. It means initiated. So he's talking about wisdom schools here. He's talking about those that speak with, with elevated wisdom, Okay. And he says, we don't, we don't operate in that. We operate in power, and we operate in demonstration, because that's what the gospel is about. The gospel is foolishness. It is foolishness to those that are schooled in the ways and the wisdom of the world. It's absolute foolishness. So if you're not preaching the gospel and people are, thinking, are not thinking that you're foolish, you're preaching it wrong. Amen? Amen? So, so he says, it's, so to the initiated, we do impart wisdom. But notice this, in this foolishness to the world, there is the real wisdom of God. There is the real wisdom. Okay? And he says, we impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this what? This world. The word world, cosmos. This world system. It's not the wisdom of this world system. Now notice this are the rulers of this age, are aeon. Have you ever wonder who, the, who that is? Have you ever sat and wondered when the Apostle Paul says he stripped principalities and powers? Do you ever wonder when he says in Ephesians that we are the manifold wisdom of God so that the principalities and powers might see God's plan and be taught and instructed? Do you ever know who those are? Well, I'm telling you who they are. They're the watchers that came down and tried to create a world in their image. And they began to construct a world system over this world to obfuscate God's presence and power in your life. 
to get you in a system to drive you into the ground and to keep you from connecting with your source. And that's what witchcraft does. Witchcraft obscures the cross of Jesus. Notice this. It says this. Are the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Why? Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Now, how many like movies? Anybody like movies? How many remember a movie called Clash of the Titans? Remember that? Okay. How many seen the new Clash of the Titans that came out about 10 years ago? Okay. At the end of Clash of the Titans, what was the whole thing about Clash of the Titans? Zeus comes in and he says, we're, we're um, basically, we're dissolving. Our, our pantheon is dissolving. Why is the pantheon dissolving? Well, he tells, you know, he says, people don't believe in us anymore. Now, listen, listen. The devil's telling you a little piece here. He, he, like, he says, uh, people aren't praying to us. They're not sacrificing to us. They're not involving us in their life anymore. So it caused Zeus and Hades and Apollo and all of them to lose their influence upon culture, which meant that they had lost their influence and their power, and they were dissolving, okay, and coming into the realm of mythology, okay? You want to know why that happened? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the propagation of the gospel. Because the minute the gospel came into the Roman Empire, those gods were no longer have the influence that they used to have. So basically, see, in movies, there's always a code. There's always a code. There's, the, the devil always tells his side, but it's hugely embellished. Okay, it's just like the, the, the mythology. Now, see, when we say the word mythology, many of you think that that's make-believe. But if you study the word, that's not what it means at all. Myth means word or story. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a true story or a, a, a real story. It just means story, okay? So you need to be a little bit more discerning as to whether or not you're believing that some of these things are actually fairy tales because they're not, okay? These people live. Genesis chapter 6 clearly tells us that these renowned, these men of old, these men that throughout history are known like Hercules and like Apollo and like all this were actually living entities that operated in what was the pre-flood world. In fact, if you look at the Sumerian kings list, which is divided before the flood and after the flood, in the before the flood portion, you'll see the name Zeus, you'll see the name Apollo, you'll see the name of, of various gods that were in the world at the time and, the wor and that people still worship today. You'll see them in the Sumerian kings list, okay? So you've, you've got to understand that uh, there's nothing new under the sun. There's absolutely nothing new under the sun. And so these men of renown are the ones that are doomed to pass away. They are doomed to pass away. Why? Because Jesus dethroned them. Jesus stripped them. Jesus took away their power. But yet there are people that still choose to worship these. And they mask themselves as secularists. Okay? NASA, they mask themselves as science and secularism, but yet every mission is done by some constellation in the stars. They name their missions after gods, Apollo, the Apollo mission. Come on, come on. We're swimming in it far more than we think. Okay? So uh, I have to leave you with this, and hopefully we can, we can tie this up by 2 o'clock. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hopefully we can tie this up. Okay? All right. So 
when he says he stripped principalities and powers, you've got to understand that those weren't fairy tale people. <laughs> those were real entities. And they're mad and they're angry. Some of them have been down in Tartarus. And some of them have been put in prison in the depths of the earth and are going to be released in the end times. Okay, so you're going to begin to see, and that's why we're seeing an increase in occultism is because some of these entities are being released and they shall be released because if you read the book of Revelation, you know that the bottomless pit is going to be opened and these things are going to come out there and guess what? They've been down there a long time and they cannot wait to get in here and exact their Justice upon you and upon people that do not call upon the name of the Lord. All right? So, all right. So, there are actually three things that you need to get a hold of if you're going to understand the times in which you're living in. If you were to talk to a Jewish person, an Orthodox Jew or a Second Temple Jew back in the time of Jesus, if you were to talk to them and you would ask them the question, why is man so depraved? How many have ever asked that about, why are we just out of our mind depraved? Okay? Now, if you ask a Christian, Christian would say, Genesis 3. You know, disobedience and sin came in the world and death came through sin, and that's the reason why man is so depraved. Well, not the Second Temple Jew. He'll say, yeah, Genesis 3, but Genesis 6 and Genesis 11. So basically, you've got to understand three things. You've got to understand the garden. You've got to understand the mountain. And you've got to understand the tower. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, we're going back to the Old Testament. Aren't we supposed to be in the New Testament? Well, the Bible is the wisdom of God in both Testaments. And God declares the end from the beginning. So everything we see at the beginning is something that is going to happen in the ending. Jesus said this, As is in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He says, As in the days of Lot, so shall the coming of the Son of Man. So he refers back. He basically says, If you want to know when my coming is, when I'm going to manifest myself and split the sky, when I'm going to come and make all this thing right, it's going to be in these times. It's going to be in the days of Noah. It's going to be in the days of Lot. Those were times that were not just people just living their lives. There were people that were living depraved lives to such a horrible degree, okay? All right, so if we look at, you know, Genesis 3, we see that basically we, we uh, as we have shared with you, that the serpent was more crafty. That's where we get the word craft from, okay? And it's the word arum. Can anybody tell me what that means? It means crafty, it means cunning, and actually cunning and cute. So, so basically what it is, is, is evil can be done cutely. <laughs> evil can be cute. Evil can be beautiful. See, the whole thing about Genesis 3 is understanding this word right here. Enchantment. Enchantment. Okay? So, so if, if, if the enemy can get your eyes off of the prize of Jesus, he's going to enchant you with something else. Okay? And he'll use beautiful people. Beautiful things. To convey to you ugly truths. Hello? And that's the reason why, you know, we, we, we see music. We can hear beautiful notes that were created by God, but then they're infused with a message that is not. Do you understand that? Okay, so not everything that's beautiful 
is virtuous. See, that's the thing. That's the deception of Genesis 3, is that everything that's beautiful and attracts you and causes your eye to go must have some substance, some integrity, some kind of value, or some kind of posterity for me to even be attracted to it. But that's not the truth. No more than in trout fishing, the lure that you use, it may be beautiful, it may, but it's still got a hook in it. You're going to be on the grill. Okay, you're going to be on the grill. You're, you know, it, it's, it's beautiful, and it captures the trout's eye, and it causes the trout to want to bite it and, and, and basically absorb it. And that's, that's really what happens is we see something, whether it's pornography, whether it's uh, anything that, that, that attracts our eyes, and we want to experience it. We want to basically, like the trout swallows, we want to be able to just experience that whole thing. And the whole understanding is this, is that when we, when we go to do this, we get swallowed. We, it, it, the, the lure swallows us. We don't swallow it. We are not in control of it. See, these things that are beautiful, and that's the reason why you don't see ugly people as social media influencers. They're, they're Hello. Now, I'm not saying it, everyone is beautiful. I'm not, you listen, come on. Come on, guys. I'm, you know, I'm not. Let's see. What do we want to do? Okay, you take, um, when I grew up, I'm going to just give you an illustration. When I grew up, you know, we had the AM radio. Now, this is some old stuff. But one thing about the AM radio that I will say that I miss is you heard every kind of music on channels. They didn't have, you know, um, you know select, you know, formats of different rock and country and things. So you heard everything. So you'd hear Don Williams along with, you know, Credence Clearwater and, you know, Led Zeppelin and, and all of them. You'd hear them all at the same. Okay, so you weren't able to delineate. Now, a lot of that music still permeates our culture today because it's good, it's good music, okay, all right? But you look at today and you begin to see how the machine is kicking out certain, um, you know, certain celebrities, Okay, they got to look a certain way. They've got to be a certain height. And the majority of Hollywood stars are short. They're not tall like me. They're short people. Tom Cruise is about that tall, really. <laughs> okay? Because the camera, which is a fake eye, which is a fake eye, actually favors the the thin and the short. Big people like myself don't look good on camera. Okay? All right? So, so they want you to be rail thin, almost anemic, not eat. Hello? And they want you to wear the tightest absolute clothes you could ever wear in your life. And you've got to have good hair. You can't have hair like mine that's missing portions of it. Okay? You gotta, you gotta have, or you shave it off. You know, you gotta shave it off. You can't, you can't kind of just make work what you got. You gotta either shave it off, or you got, you know, you gotta have full head of hair. Get you some fake hair, whatever you gotta get, because people won't listen to you if you don't have hair. Now, listen, that's not true, but that's what they believe. That's not true. Hello, that's not true. There's no truth to this. I'm just telling you that's what they're thinking. That's why they got to have the six-pack abs. they got to have this. And these people are starving themselves. They're literally starving. They're in a prison starving themselves. They're not real people. They don't portray real people. And instead of feeding on nutrition, they're feeding on drugs. And these drugs are keeping them thin. 
But the whole reason why is, is they don't care about Noah's health. They don't care about Noah. They want to care about what, how Noah looks because they know that it isn't, uh, it isn't about Noah. It's about what the words we're going to put in Noah's mouth that he's going to give to the people that we're trying to influence and we need him to look a certain way and if he doesn't look a certain way he's out the door and people carry that over into the church they carry that over and so for years you know for the last 20 years we've seen the celebrity pastor you know, the celebrity pastor. And so we, we see the skinny jeans, and we see the coiffed hair. We see all kinds of stuff. Now, see, Ike never was able to do skinny jeans. I wasn't able to do it. You know, you just might as well paint them on. I, I don't... Hello. You know, and, and wearing spanks and, and, you know, and stuff like that. And it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. It's almost like don't look behind the curtain because that's what Genesis 3 teaches us. It teaches us that, that what looks good must have some inherent value to it and nothing could be further from the truth. I remember my dad, you know, my dad was a bachelor before he met my mom. You know, my mom had my sister and I and, and he married her and adopted us. And, uh, but he was a bachelor for, for years. I mean, and he was a good one. He was a good one. You know, he'd tell me stories. He was a good bachelor. And he told me this. He said, son, and this is something I've never forgot. He said, son, I've seen the most beautiful women turn into the ugliest by opening up their mouths. Now, there's some attractive men with the same problem. You see, what are we alert to? We're attracted. Every man is drawn away. Why? By his own lust, what he's attracted to. You, you know, the enemy knows what you're attracted to. He wants to put that before you, wants to lure you into that, and he wants it to swallow you. You don't swallow it. You don't control it. See, the problem is, is that many people get in relationships because they're attractive on the outside. And uh, they realize real quick that, you know, what's on the outside is not a representation of what's on the inside. These people are dull. They're, you know, they, they're vapid. They've got, you know, dull eyes, doll's eyes. They, they don't have any life in them. Hello. And so they get drawn into this, and they think they want this, they want this because, you know, what will people think if they see me walking down with him? What if, what if, what if, what will they think? I mean, I really will marry up if I can get a hold. See, these are all ideas, and they're all based on trying to look good to someone else. They're not about you. Hello? And so you get wrapped up there, and you think you can control it. So you, you go to bed with them, or you mess around with them, or you get into intimate conversations with them, and you think you can you're handle it. You're just kind of like the, the cat with the little ball, you know. You're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of playing with it, and, and you don't realize that this ball is swallowing you alive. And a, a, a soul tie is being created that, that is hard to get rid of, guys. It's hard to get rid of. And you, and, 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 and you know you need to get out of the relationship. You know. You said, this, yeah, I'm being treated horrible. I, I can't understand this. What's going on? I thought we were going to be happy. I thought we were. And, and you try to leave. And you try to get out of it. But you find yourself going back and going back. And going back, you don't sever the tie because you got a soul tie. There are people that have soul ties to their exes. I've, I've counseled them. You know, they, they couldn't wait to get out of the relationship. Absolutely couldn't wait. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there was something that was going on. And, and they, they do it. And they bring... Here, let me give you an illustration. All right? Okay, listen, listen to me. 
I'm trying to help you here, all right? See, Genesis 3, we got to learn a lesson. Because when we think we're God, we think we can fix anything. Even people. We think, well, we'll just fix them. Well, he's unsaved. You don't really need to be, you know, the Bible says don't be unequal. I don't care. I don't care. I can fix him. I can fix her. Well, she doesn't really like church, but I'm pretty sure, you know, I can get her, you know, to, to come, you know, and we're going to have a good Christian marriage. Okay. Okay. I've got some swamp land I'd like to sell you. Hello. Hello. Okay. Now, Joel and Ronnie, would you please stand? I don't want to. I, 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 I love these people. I want to use them. Okay. And I'm going to make a preliminary comment that this has nothing indicative on them. All right. Okay. But say, for instance, okay, Joel and Ronnie, but they've been together. They've created a, a soul tie. But, but uh, let's do it. Let's. But say, for instance, Joel gets his eyes on something else. Okay? All right? And he moves away from that and, and disconnects, okay? And then he starts joining to something else, okay? Some, some other relationship, some other thing like that. Okay? So the enemies got him convinced that his connection with her needs to be severed because, you know, I'm, I'm luring you out over here. And he's luring you into a place of, of endangerment. But it looks good. Okay? All right. We've been married, uh, you know, how many years? 30, some odd years. 27 years. Almost 30 years. You know, it's getting a little stale. <laughs> it's getting, you know, it, it's, it's getting, you know, up, it, it is not indicative of their relationship. Uh, but I, I'm just, you, okay? It's getting a little stale. It's not as freshy fresh as it once was. You know, it's just, uh, you know. If I hear her voice one more time, I'm going to, you know. These, you know this stuff goes through your mind. Okay? So he begins to look at another relationship. Okay? All right? So he spent 30 years with this woman. He's had children with this woman. He's lived life with this woman. But now the Lord, uh, now not the Lord, but the Lord, uh, <laughs> Lord, Lord Satan is uh, luring you away to this new thing that has all of this, um, you know, glitz and feeling and alive. I feel alive. I've heard people say this. I feel so alive. When I'm with her, I feel so, I feel like I've been born again. I've heard people say that. Born anew, you know, because of this relationship. And, you know, it's because they've got, you know, something that you're attracted to, that you like. Now, it's either going to be a physical thing, or it's going to be, you're so handsome, I don't know why she doesn't appreciate you more. If you were mine, I would appreciate you. You need to realize that flattery is a part of the Genesis 3 deception. She's keeping something from you. You're not able to reach your full potential in that relationship. I tell you, come be with me. We'll, we'll take on the world. We'll take, come on. This, this stuff happens, okay? But the problem is, is that the tie between him and her is always going to affect this relationship. Okay? So, so he repents, and he comes back, and of course, Ronnie is so loving and so wonderful, she receives him back after whipping on him a few times, and then he comes back in here. But, but, but you've got to understand, the tie is still there. So this, this, this enchantment that you had is still a part of you. If it's not burned out with repentance, if it's not burned out 
then it's going to continue to speak to you. It's going to continue to speak to you. You know, you could go five, ten more years, and then this thing begins to speak to you and begins to speak to you and begins to speak to you. And, and unless you cut the tie off, you're not going to be free, and this relationship can't be what it's supposed to be. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So there's people that have went out of bad relationships into good ones, and they make those bad not because the two people in the relationship are bad. It's because there's a bad connection to a spirit that was on this person that you have been intimate with. That's the reason why you shouldn't be sleeping around. Let me say it over here. I, I don't, I'm not picking on these young people. You shouldn't be sleeping around. The geriatric section, you shouldn't be sleeping around. Okay, come on now. All right, you guys can be seated. You shouldn't be sleeping around because it creates soul ties. A portion of you is with that person. A portion of them is with you. And it's only the blood of Jesus and the power of God that can destroy that. Amen. But that's the deception of Genesis 3. You've got to get a hold of this. When I think I'm God, I think I can control things that I do not have the ability to control. Hello. I've been on the, the phone with people who were caught in adultery, caught in, and I'm telling you, it's like talking to another person. It's like talking to another person. It's as if their personality, invasion of the body snatchers, someone else has taken over their life. I've also seen people that got caught, you know, with drugs and things of that nature, and, and, and their addiction was brought to light. I had conversations with them, and it's as if there's another person living in that house. It's not even the same person. They're saying things that you never heard them say. They're doing things that you never thought they would do. There's just stuff that's going on. And why is it? Because there was some enchantment that the enemy put before them that they thought they would just consume, and it ended up consuming them. In fact, where we talk about the devil and... Um, I guess it would be 1 Peter 5. It says, uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Well, basically, what the, the, the Greek means to swallow up. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to swallow you up in your problem, swallow you up to where you have absolutely no way of getting out of it. Are you with me? Okay, so you've got to understand that. You've got to understand that we're playing a game of gods in which we're playing God. When we operate in witchcraft, when we participate in witchcraft, either through our own actions or through the actions of someone else, we are absolutely operating as gods. They're operating as a god in their own sight. We're operating as God. And guess what? Gods with gods don't mix. Somebody's going to have to be the worshiper. And that's the reason why we have a lot of divorces. Because we got two gods that want the other god to bow down and worship them. When the other God is saying, no, you need to be bowed down and worship me. And that doesn't work. Two gods can't make a good marriage. I mean, shoot, mythology teaches us that. Hello. I mean, I don't think Zeus and Hera would give marriage tips. Okay. So, so we got to understand that. That the, the deception that you are God permeates everything we do. And unless our mind is renewed to the Word of God, we'll continue to act that way and operate that way. A lot of your frustration and aggravation, a lot of your being mad all the time is due to you uh, realizing that something is wrong in your universe. And that people need to get with it 
and get to worshiping. Oh, I'm preaching way better than you're saying, amen. Get to worshiping, get to worshiping, you know. Wife, get to worshiping. This is the way it's going to be. Kids, you get down and you get to worshiping because I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. And there's people that work in the workforce that way. There's people that own businesses that way. There's people, come on, over and over and over again, they want worship because they think they're gods. And how did they get that? They got it from the Arum. Because remember what God, when he came in and he said, Adam, where are you? And he said, I was afraid and I hid myself because I was naked. I was a room. I was cunning. I was crafty. I have the nature of the devil and the nature of the devil cannot stand in the presence of God. Okay? So that, that, that causes us to understand that anything that's hid, anything that is, it, things hide because they're afraid, right? You hide because you're afraid. Well, that's the occult. The occult hides. That's the word occult just means secret or hidden. And that it hides because it's afraid. It's afraid of the light. Jesus said this. He said, light has come into the world. He said, I'm the light. He said, light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Okay? All right? Now I've run out of time. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? I've got a whole ton of notes in there. But, but, you, but understand this. Okay, that uh, the reason why relationships get messed up is because the primary relationship between you and God is messed up. And it can only be restored through a connection through the gospel to the Lord Jesus Christ, to his word and by the Holy Spirit. And if you're not allowing those three things to operate in your life, you're going to be prone to go to the default setting, which is witchcraft. Where you begin to freeze people out, control them with your anger, control them with your lying and deception. Trying to be godlike and control everything. See, the whole reason why you tell lies upon lies upon lies upon lies is to control something. You're just trying to control something. You're trying to control the outcome of something. And so you have to tell lie after lie after lie and be deceptive and be deceptive. You have to get a journal and write down your lies so that you know what you said last week. I've known people like that. Hello. And so th this is all, you see, I want to be God. I want to be God. I want to know the knowledge of good and evil. I want to know the difference, you see, and by me knowing that, which is, you know, my finite mind is not able to comprehend it because I can call good things evil and I can call evil things good without the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're seeing in our country right now, people are calling good things evil and evil things good. Isaiah prophesied that, you know, hundreds of years before it happened. Are you with me? Stop trying to be God. Stop it. Stop trying to intimidate people, intimidate your family, and stop trying to get your will and your way in everything. Understand that you are to trust the Lord. You are to be dependent on Him. Because that is your role. I know we don't like hearing that, that you are a dependent creation, but you are. You are dependent upon God. Listen, if they didn't put groceries down your throat and water in your body and air to breathe, you wouldn't even be here. You are dependent. You have to sleep. Did you know that? You have to go to sleep. 
If you don't go to sleep, I hate to think about what you guys would be like if you had no sleep. You're a dependent creation. Why are we put in this situation? So that we can continue to look at God as our source and realize that there's nothing that satisfies or fills the void more than He does. I'm telling you, the devil will have all kinds of substitutes to try to put in your pathway. To try to teach you and to try to skew you into behavior that is contrary to the way you were created. But it doesn't satisfy. Amen? Well, I didn't get even halfway through. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. But I think you're getting the picture. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we're going to... uh, I guess I get another shot at 11, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the gusto. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we're going to have people that are up here that if you need to be born again, you need to rededicate your life, you need to be filled with the Spirit, with evidence of speaking in other tongues, you need healing in your body or deliverance. There will be people right here to pray with you right after we give the announcements, and so I'm going to turn it over to Jesse. Praise the Lord. What a good word to us this morning. Amen? Praise God. I just want to encourage you guys uh, to go back and revisit these messages. You know, we've got tons and tons and tons of videos uh, on the Facebook page, not only that, but